is always a uh, pleasure and honor to be before you again on the Lord's Day. If you have a copy of God's Word, um, can you join with me this morning in the book of Romans? And you know we have been in Romans uh, on here now. We've been in Romans over a year now. Just walking through the book of Romans, and it's been a a great study um, in the book of Romans. And now we uh, are making our way through Today we're going to first focus on verse 27 in Romans chapter 8. Romans is found in the Old Testament or the New Testament? In the New Testament. Who wrote the book of Romans? Paul. Okay, Romans chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verse 27. But I'm going to start reading from verse 26. Likewise. This spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for, as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us, with groaning too deep for words. And he who searches the heart know what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints, according to the will of God. Let me pray for us and ask the Lord to help us. Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you again for another Lord's Day. I thank you, Lord, for being able to, to be able to be here today, to be able to hear your word proclaimed. Uh, thank you for this great privilege. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless us at this time, that our hearts be attentive, our mind be attentive to your word right now. Help me, Lord. I am weak. I need your strength. Help me preach your word faithfully, Lord, that your people, Lord, are edified this morning. Even my own heart be edified, Lord, through the preaching. So, Lord, we ask you to go before us. Give us a word today that we need. Give us a word, Lord, that, that's going to point us to worshiping you. Give us just that word here today. Help us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is something so special about the... The dream team. You guys remember the, the Olympic dream team? It consisted of so many players. You had Akeem Olajuwon. You had John Stockton. But you had one player that the whole world was waiting to see play. This one player, but other team knew that he was going to play in the game. They became terrified. Who was that player? Michael Jordan. Good try, Miss Captain. Yeah, that was close, Miss Captain. Both from MJ, so I give you credit for that, Miss Captain. Michael Jordan. But what was so special about Michael Jordan? What was so special about him is that he could hit almost every mid-range jump shot. He was very explosive. He can score at will. Michael Jordan went on to win with, I think, what, six championships? Some say he's one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. It was something so special about Michael Jordan. If someone knew Michael Jordan was on their team, they would have some type of swagger about themselves, some type of confidence about themselves. That we're going to win this game. Not because they have Jacob or Greg, it's because they have Chris, I mean Michael Jordan. Because they have Jordan on their team, that's why they're going to win this game. This past week, uh, I've been working on my vehicle, and uh, I came to a spot that I had a lot of questions. And so for me, I went to the person I knew that could answer a lot of those questions so much about the cars from inside and out. I went to them because I knew what they knew about cars. They knew a lot of things about cars. They was an expert in knowing various aspects about cars. I went to them. And they understood what it takes to get a car back up and running. I'm going on with more 
more scenarios about people and their expertise and who they are and that by knowing them and being around them for whatever we need them for and whatever that subject matter is for us knowing that they are an expert and they're good at what they do. Well, you might be asking like question, okay, you talked about basketball, talk about being a mechanic. What does this have to do with Romans? Does this have anything to do with Romans? I think it does. I think this point is right into our test today. It is encouraging us in our test today is that Paul is trying to encourage the Roman church. He is letting them know that now the spirit of God. Look who the spirit is. The spirit is undefeated. The spirit is pure. The spirit is all these things we're going to talk about today. And once we know the spirit is doing these certain things, as believers, we have some type of confidence. Just like John Stockton, just like Scottie Pippen, all of them had confidence in winning the game because they had Michael Jordan on their team. And just like I had confidence in getting the crawfish because I had the help right here. Paul is letting us know, look what the help is right here that's before us. It is the Holy Spirit. And look what the Holy Spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit has the mind of God. And there's no way the Father is going to turn the Holy Spirit away. So for you all here today and myself, that are struggling with things in life, that are facing the, 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 the difficulties of life, that are suffering, Christians in this world, Paul is encouraging you to look to something greater outside of yourselves. And as we cherish this, and as we embrace this word today, I pray that we all can leave this place knowing that we're not alone in the midst of our struggles. That our God has given us the best help we ever can receive to be able to honor God when things get hard. So how are we going to do this? If you looked at my points earlier this week, um, I didn't have them all updated. So if you looked at them earlier, I updated them. So I have some longer points today. So y'all bear with me, okay? Uh, the point number one, by the Father searching the heart, he knows the prayer of the Spirit for us is from a pure heart. Let me say it again. By the Father searching the heart, he knows that the prayers of the Spirit for us is from a pure heart. Number two. By the Father knowing the mind of the Spirit, he knows that the Spirit mind is the same as the Father and the Son. And number three. By the Spirit interceding according to God's will, the Father will listen and grant all the Spirit's requests for the suffering believer. And if I could title this sermon a message today, I would say, the Father doesn't deny the Spirit prayers for us. The Father doesn't deny the Spirit prayers for us. That's, that's, that's encouraging. Whatever the Spirit takes to the little Father, the Father will always grant the prayers. The Father will never say no to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to bring that out for us today. Point number one. By the Father searching the heart, he knows the prayers of the Spirit for us is from a pure heart. 27.8. Listen to verse 27. And he who searches the heart knows. Everybody put their finger on the word and. A-N-D. Put your finger on the word and. And is a conjunction. It's continuing the thought from verse 26. This conjunction, I'm persuaded, is creating an adjectival response to verse 26. An adjectival is like something that's describing, right? That, that's a, it's a further detail. Crescent, can you pass me the blue Bible? If you just say, Crescent, pass me the Bible, it can be any Bible in the room. But Crescent, pass me the blue Bible, right? It describes particularly what Bible I'm referring to. So an adjective further describes something. And I believe in verse 27, further describes verse 26. So what I mean by this is that verse 27 further describes, again, verse 26. Paul in verse 26 was getting that the Spirit is helping us in our prayers for us to not give in to the flesh. Even though we are praying daily in the Spirit, 
We are praying daily. Well, the Spirit goes before the Father and prays for the things we're not considering. So the Spirit goes and prays for us. This is concurrent for the believer. For those that put their faith in Christ, we got the Spirit praying for us better than we can pray for ourselves. The Spirit knows exactly what to ask the Father for. For us, again, a lot of time our prayers are motivated by what we see and what we touch. That's about our five senses, what we taste. A lot of time our prayers are motivated by those senses. The Spirit prayers is motivated by the glory of God. And the Spirit sees things in our heart that we don't see. So the Spirit offers the prayers to the Father that we truly need. He asks you to ask the right prayers. A lot of times our prayers, and we have a good, you know, hearts that intentionally want to pray the right thing. But still, we are fallen in our flesh. And still, a lot of times our prayers are tainted with some type of fleshly, senseless biases. But the prayers of the Spirit is not motivated by the senses or any taken away by the senses. The Spirit is motivated by the glory of God. So Paul encourages that believers, for those that are feeling the difficulties of life, those that are feeling the struggles of life, Remember that the Spirit is praying for you. And not only that, we've been learning so many other things we've been learning about it that as a believer that are struggling with sin, Paul encouraged that we would never be condemned. That God has sent his son Jesus to be condemned for us so we won't be condemned. We talked about last week and even in verse 4. That the, the fulfill, uh, we have fulfilled the rights of requirement of the law by walking in the Spirit. We have the Spirit in us to walk in the things of God. We get the mind of the Spirit in verse 5. We get life and peace. I think Brother Khalil mentioned that. In verse 6, those in the Spirit, they please God. In verse 9, the Spirit dwells in us. As believers, the Lord just didn't leave us empty-handed. Think about being a police officer. You're going out, cruising through town, and you get out the car, the working situation. Well, the police department, they didn't give you anything. They didn't give you a badge. They didn't give you a gun. They didn't give you a flashlight. They didn't give you anything. How would you be able to do your job properly? Well, in this way, Lord didn't leave us without all the things that's needed in the Christian life. The Lord, the job the Lord wants out of us is to glorify him for us we're to be growing in sanctification. So God prepares us all the things for us to be the people that God has called us to be. He prepares us to be those people. By what? Giving us the spirit. By not condemning us. By helping us in our struggles giving us life, giving us peace. He gives us all these things and let the Christian know you fell into sin, but guess what? I give you all these things going to help you through this. And part of what God gives us, we talked about here in verse 26. Talking about life and peace and all these things, but now he gives us something else. He said, Christian believer, now you have the Holy Spirit. So in verse 26, we learn that this believer will always have the Holy Spirit praying for them when they don't know how to pray. But the believer must continue praying. But if, it, if they don't pray the right thing, nor have a knowledge of a particular sin in their own life, the Spirit is guaranteed to offer the right prayers for us. The Spirit takes all the things that is not glorified about us to the Father. Not the self-esteem, but real prayers. Prayers that exalt God and not us. And now in verse 27, we learn more about the Spirit that is praying for us. And Paul wants us to really get to know who this person is that is praying for us. Or who these prayers are to, which is the Father. 
by us really remembering who we are praying to and who is praying for all, for us, we're less likely to sin. That's my thing is getting at this. When we know the Spirit is praying for us to the Father, we're less likely to give in to sin. Because we learned last week that the Spirit is praying for us but growing in too deep for words. That the Spirit is uncomfortable knowing our condition and he will remain uncomfortable until the Father answers prayers. The Spirit is like that nagging, nagging over and over. Father, Father, help them. Father, help them. The Spirit is doing that. At every second of the day, the Spirit is at the Father praying for us. So even at times when we pray and we cry and cry and cry and we're asking God for all these things, guess what? We're going to stop praying and eventually, but the Spirit is not going to stop. The Spirit is going to continue seeking the Father, praying, praying to the Father, until the Father answers the prayers. So we Christians can bank on the Spirit, not leaving the Father until the Father answers the prayers of his people. Let me say that again Weak Christians, all of us in this room that are Christians, we all are weak, even though we might not think we are. We all are weak and dependent on the grace and the spirit of God. All weak Christians can bank on the spirit, not leaving the Father, until the Father answers the prayers of his people. Now, Paul goes further in this today. He, not, he, not, he now wants us to understand the one that is bringing the prayers to the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. By understanding who the Spirit is, we can rest assured that the Father will always listen to the Spirit. We know that because the Father searches the heart of everyone. And everybody's heart outside of Christ. We know from Jeremiah that the heart is desperately wicked. We know from Romans 3.10, we talked about that, is that no one does good, no, not one. That's nice Buddhist monk. Right, that fed you food for free. Or that, you know, that, that, that nation of Islam, they give you a whole fruit basket. No matter how generous people may be, outside of Christ, no one is righteous. Outside of Christ, no one is righteous. No one does good. It's only one that has ever done truly good. And that's Jesus Christ himself. The good that comes from us is the spirit working in us. For those that are lost that does great things, they are doing things for the sake of the flesh. They are helping the poor. They are doing these humanitarian things, which is not bad things. They are doing all those things for their own self-glory. For for those in Christ, they do good things for God's glory. So the Father knows the heart of everyone. The Father knows everything about man. But also the Father knows everything about the Spirit. That the Spirit heart is different from ours. Our regeneration new heart is dependent on God. The Spirit himself is dependent on itself. It's his own person of the Trinity. So the Father searches the Spirit heart. And the Father learned this about the Spirit heart. The Spirit heart is just like his heart. After the Father searches the spirit heart, we find out that the, the spirit heart is just like the Father's heart. It is holy. It is righteous with no faults. So the spirit prayers are rooted in a pure nature. So the spirit prayers is going to come to the Father from a pure nature. So the prayers of the spirit is always going to come from a pure heart that the Father has already searched out and the Father is satisfied in. The Father's ready to hear the Spirit prayers because the Father knows the Spirit heart. Because the Spirit heart wants the same things of what the Father wants. Again, our hearts apart from Christ is different. Think about it. When we pray for a job, we pray for a loved one or issue that we might be facing in life, a lot of times our goal is for us to be satisfied in that moment. I want the job to make that paper. I want this spouse because I'm lonely. I want these things in life to be comfortable. A lot of times our prayers are not say they are ultimately bad, but a lot of times our prayers are motivated by selfishness. 
But what is the goal of true prayers? Is it just for our own pleasure and enjoyment? When we pray like that, we are praying exactly how the, prayer, how the flesh wants us to pray. But if we are praying for God's will to be done, for the fame of his name, then we mirror the heart of the spirit. All biblical prayers, every single prayer, it's not a break on this. I'm going to pray this prayer for me today, and I'm going to pray the prayer for God tomorrow. No, every prayer that we pray should be motivated for the glory of God. Amen. All biblical prayers point to worshiping God. One person says this, amen, Noel. As long as we look at prayer chiefly as the means of maintaining our own Christian life, we cannot fully know what it is intended to be. But when we learn to regard it as the most important work entrusted to us and as the root and strength of all other work, then we understand that there is nothing we need more than to study and practice the art of praying in the correct manner. Prayer life is one way we are confident in our conversion. What does prayer shows us in our conversion? It shows our dependent and our helpless state before a holy righteous God. When we pray, we're saying that, Lord, I cannot do this without you. Lord, without you, I won't have anything. Lord, this is all you, Lord. It's all you. When we pray, show our dependence. When we don't pray, we say we got it all together. We know what tomorrow may bring. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to cook my eggs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to work. When we go out today, we boast in our flesh and saying that these things are going to happen exactly how we want them to happen. That is pride. That is pride. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. Only the Lord knows what tomorrow may bring. As we pray, we pray for God's glory. So what about a new job? What about a relationship? What about a family member? What about if somebody sick? Lord, let your will be done. Let your name be glorified, Lord, in the midst of whatever it is job you may give me. How can I take a job, Lord, that I can be able to work in a way, Lord, that draw people to you? Work in a way that point people to your kingdom. Is anything, Lord, that I'm doing that I want these things to draw attention to myself? Lord, let me not have it. But Lord, let me have all these things that the world may know you. That house. Let me use this house that the world may know you. If it's a job, let me have this job so this world may know you and your name may be glorified. Well, a lot of times that's not the way we pray. A lot of times we just sprinkle a little, you know, salt and pepper, say Jesus, oh yes, for Jesus' name, for Jesus' name. But truly ruling down, that was that. It's for us. It's all about us. But we sprinkle a little Jesus name in there. We say Jesus this, Jesus this, Jesus this. But deep down inside is that it's mostly about we want these things so bad over God. And I'm not saying you can't pray to have nice things. Nothing wrong with that. You should pray. God has gives us great gifts. But we don't make an idol of those things. Well, I don't have to get this explanation I just gave to you all. We don't have to get it to the spirit. That's what the Father is telling us here in verse 27, that the Spirit, that the Father searches the heart of the Spirit. And what do we find in the heart of the Spirit? Every prayer of the Spirit is for the glory of God. The Spirit has never messed up a prayer. A lot of times we butcher our prayers. The Spirit has never butchered up a prayer one time. And not only the Spirit, Jesus. Jesus. If the Father and the Son and the Spirit, they have the same heart to the glory of the Godhead. Well, we can learn how the Spirit is actually praying to the Father. Y'all want to know how the Spirit, y'all want to hear how the Spirit is praying to the Father? Let me, let me show y'all, let me show you. Matthew 6, 9. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debt and forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the and the and the glory.
driver. Amen. Let's slow down. Let's, 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 let's rewind this. Everything we just read in that prayer, if you notice, it was for the glory of the Father. That prayer wasn't selfish at all, but it was the questions of the Father. Listen to this in Matthew 6. Listen to this. Hallowed be thy name. What did Jesus say in here? He said, Father, make your name holy. Your kingdom come, Father. Jesus said, not my kingdom, but your kingdom. Thy will be done. Who will? The Father will be done. Look, look at Jesus' prayers. Give us bread. Not that I can get my own food, but the Lord, you are dependent on the way we eat. Everything is dependent on you. Forgive us of our debt. Man can't forgive themselves of their own debt. It has to come from the Lord. Lord, forgive us. And I can keep going. It said, for thine is the kingdom. Who kingdom? The Father's kingdom. The power. He given glory to the power. The power going to the Father. Forever. The God, the Father, exists forever. The whole prayer of Jesus is consisted of the glory of God. Jesus didn't pray for a new Maybach or $30 million house. Jesus prayed for his father to be glorified. And family, should we pray like that? I would say we should pray like that as well, but our prayers might sound different, but it should have the same substance. Even though we don't pray exactly like this, it should have the same substance. That the spirit has the same substance in this. The Spirit is praying the same way Jesus just prayed to the Father. The Spirit is praying the same way. Father, let your will be done. Father, let your will be done. Because the Father knows all things. There's nothing that the Father doesn't know. And the Father wants everything that the Spirit brings to him. That's what the Father said, the Spirit, because... The spirit identity is for the worship of the Father. The spirit is not motivated by anything else. So the Father has searched the spirit, and the spirit of heart is the same as the Father. So why wouldn't we as believers trust in the fact that the Father will answer the prayers because the spirit prays the same thing the Father desires? So we as believers, we can rest assured that the spirit is praying to us the right things. Some of y'all are kind of Kind of quiet right now. Let's move to point number two. So we just learned now the Spirit has the heart of the Father and the Son. But now look at point two. By the Spirit knowing the mind of the by the Father knowing the mind of the Spirit, He knows the Spirit mind is the same as the Father and the Son. Look at verse twenty-seven. And He who searched the heart, what is the mind? The mind of the Spirit. The Father accepts the prayers of the Spirit because of, he knows the mind of the Spirit. The Father knows the mind because the Father has searched. This word mind gets at the, uh, the, the facility of the thoughtful planning, one would say, the purpose and the mindset. It's like sort of similar to the will. So the Father knows what the root of all the thinking of the Holy Spirit is. Listen to how the Spirit describes us to see his mind. In John 14, 23 to 26, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and to make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my commandments and the word that you hear is my, not mine, but the father who sent me. What did we just learn about the spirit in that verse? That the spirit will be the one to help us remember God's word. A lot of times, well, I got the spirit on me. Let me run around the church. Let me do these things. The spirit is on me. I can do all these things. But what we see in the scripture, though, what they see is that the spirit is there to remind us of God's word. The spirit of desire for us to know God's word. Another thing we see the spirit is doing. In John, I think it's the same chapter, John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. 
But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was seeing in my name, he would teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Again, the Spirit would teach us all the things that Christ has taught his disciples. The Spirit and Christ are not beefing with each other. Jesus is going to do everything the Spirit wants to be done, and the Spirit is going to do everything Jesus wants to be done. They work together. John 16, 13 and 15. When the spirit of truth come, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What do we learn about the spirit there? The spirit is of truth, and the spirit will glorify the Son. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Again, why would the Father say, turn the spirit away and say, I don't want to hear your prayers? Why would the Father say that to the Holy Spirit? If the spirit mind is the same mind of Christ, why would the spirit, and why would the Father deny the prayers of the spirit? He would not. He would deny it. He would not do this. You think about a job. Somebody goes through an interview. And you actually interviewing somebody. And you're interviewing by the job position. And you know what you need within to fulfill the job description. So somebody come in and they actually are totally opposite. Of everything you're looking for that can fill this position can do the job well. Would you hire them? No. You would not hire them. But you find somebody here, right, that is humble, but actually they, they, they want to learn, they know the job, or they know a lot about the job, they know this field of study, you see a lot of potential in them. Now you give them opportunity, right? You give them opportunity because what you know of them. And you see who they are from the interview. You're confident that, hey, this is the person to hire over this person. You're confident in this. I think I believe we can be confident in this. By seeing the description of the Holy Spirit, we can be confident that the Father would not turn the Spirit away when the Spirit prays for us when we suffer. When we go through hard times, we can bank on this assurance that the Spirit is going to pray for us to the Father because the Spirit has the heart of the Father. The Holy Spirit will glorify the Father. His mind as other spirit is to glorify the Father. The Spirit is not going to do anything that Jesus doesn't do. He's doing everything what Jesus has called him to do and also what the Father has called him to do. The Spirit is there to glorify the Father and glorify the Son. So our Father will not turn away any person that prays this prayer. So Christian church, the prayer that the spirit of petition to the Father is to the glory of the Father. This is the opposite of the devil. The devil offered Eve to look and petition to themselves for their own glory. You eat upon the tree, you shall be asked. Ask God. And you can be asked God. Get going to God. You can be God. The devil does the opposite. And saying, look within yourself that you can have the own strength within yourself. You don't need God. You can be actually over God. It's the opposite. The devil, in a way of rebellion against God, saying that, hey, I have enough here to not depend on God, the Father. And what does the devil does? The devil says, hey, come follow me. Let everything be about me. And that's the spirit of the fallen world. Everything about me. We in our society today. In our society today, in the 21st century, we see this massive, massive heart of consumerism. We want more and more stuff. More stuff, more things, more things. Because we need more things for us to be satisfied. We want all the attention. We want everything to be about us. We want everybody to see things about us. We are so self-centered. We are so selfish in our generation. 
that everything has to be about me, 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 me. If I can't get what I want, I'm going to sabotage everything. Robert Jones used this staircase model. He used this staircase and he's put this like this on top of this throne in the staircase. It's actually mankind. It's a mankind. And, and what happened though is that all these little idols are working his way up to that throne. They're working their way up to the throne. Who should be on the throne? It should be God. But what happened though is that idols are taking the place of God. Because idols are giving us the self, self-glory that the flesh wants. Asabed does the same thing. He used a similar model with a with a circle. It was a circle with, in the middle of the circle with an S for self. And how everything we wanted, everything would be about us. But what should be in the middle, it should be God. We see this the opposite of the spirit prayers. The spirit prayers is for the glory of God. It's not about the selfless part of mankind. Again, we can't pray properly because our we put ourselves over God. And our prayers are motivated mostly on what we can get from God so we won't look too bad or so we can fit in or so we can get a better this than somebody else a lot of time our prayers are motivated by this thing or we pray or so we can get our way well this is the opportunity in the spirit the spirit of mine is for God's glory and for the father to know the mind of the spirit so how can the father turn away the spirit of prayers again how can the father not answer the spirit of the spirit of prayers because the spirit of prayers are for the father the spirit for the exact, the spirit prays for the exact thing the Father wants. Another example of this is in the U.S. Here in America, we live in a democratic republic, which means the people rule through the government. The people rule through the government. The government are representation of the people. I feel civics and political science, so y'all check me out. That the government is speaking for the hearts of the people. <laughs> well, that's what it's supposed to be, right? That's what it's supposed to be. That the government doesn't come up with its own agenda, but the government represents the concerns of the people. The people bring these things, they put people in office, they represent. Well, we might say, well, that's not the best model of the father there, right? That's not the best model. That's what it's supposed to be. The people pose a rule, not the government. We see that's not done well. But this is but the Holy Spirit is different. The Holy Spirit doesn't mess up the heart of the Father. The Holy Spirit doesn't create his own agenda. But the Holy Spirit comes in, he represents us, he takes our prayers, and he goes to the Father. He does it. Everything that we need and the Father wants to hear, the Spirit takes it to the Father. The Spirit don't try to sprinkle his own agenda in this. But a spirit agenda for the glory of the Father and the Son. So the spirit represents the Father well, and the spirit represents us well. What a better representation of a government, right? The ultimate God rules over everything. And the spirit has the same wishes of God in the midst of this. Last point, point number three. Some, some of y'all stayed up a little too late last night. See y'all. Last point here. By the Spirit interceding according to God's will, the Father will listen and grant all the Spirit requests for their suffering believer. Let's to the end of this. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to God, to the will of God. Paul now sums up that we can rest assured that we will not be left to suffer alone in a difficult world. That's what all this is talking about this morning. We can rest assured that suffering believers would not be left alone. That the Spirit is praying for you, believer, that are struggling. The Spirit is praying for you. It is so encouraging to know that our God is praying for us. That God is praying for us. And God's request would not go out void. His request will be answered. 
because the spirit prayers the things of the Father. The spirit prayers are grounded in the glory of the Father. His petition to the Father for the same to be restored. And like that child keep bugging parents, can I have this? Oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? The spirit has said, Father, have you get have you provided for them yet? Father, have you given them this yet? The spirit is petitioning over and over. It's petitioning like this participle. It is ongoing that the spirit does not stop until the spirit to the prayers are answered in the life of the believer. Family, what a privilege we have as a believer. That we have somebody that's praying for us and when we don't know how to pray. But somebody's praying for us when a situation is so difficult in the Christian life, somebody's praying for us. And this somebody is just not a, just a regular person. This somebody is actually the third person of the Trinity, which is God himself. The Spirit is praying for the believer, which is a saint. I said in the scripture right here about the saint. Everybody touch the word saint in verse 27. Intercede for the saints. Now, in the Catholic Church, certain individuals can only have the privilege of being a saint in the Catholic Church. They have to do a certain things. You got to do a certain miracle in the Catholic Church. Elena and I got a chance to go to Italy and Rome. We got a chance to go to St. Peter's Basilica. We got a chance to look around. They had these different monuments and statues of the different saints in the Catholic Church. And these are the saints, and they get this special privilege. More than 10,000 saints recognized by the Roman Catholic Church. Though the names and history of some of those, these holy men and women have been lost in history. The saints of the church are diverse groups of people with very interesting stories. So they say over 10,000 saints, right? They get these statue monuments in the Catholic Church. So right now, there's only about, in the state of Arkansas, you know, it's more of this. I'm going to give an estimate. So the 50,000 believers in the state of Arkansas, well, it's only 10,000 saints. Y'all do the math on this. Somebody ain't no saint. So let me say this again. If it's 10,000 saints around in the Catholic Church, you know, they say 10,000 saints exist. It's over 50,000 believers or saints in, in Arkansas. Something ain't add up. Somebody's not a saint or some number's not adding up here. I think the Catholic Church, obviously, I think, I know the Catholic Church Family saints are all believers. We all are saints. It's not a special statue because you, you fed the poor, you did these certain things, now you get a statue, you're only this saint, that everybody can learn to take name and church after you. Family, as a believer in Christ, you are a saint. I believe in, we said in First Peter, the priesthood of believer. Everyone that's a believer in this room, you are a priest. You are a priesthood of believer. And, and by being that, the spirit and the seeds for who? Those saints. Anthony for the saints. Again, if you're not a saint, if you're not a believer, it doesn't intercede for you. You know, an unbeliever praying, uh, the Lord doesn't hear their prayers. But for the righteous, the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. It don't matter how many times somebody may pray, say pray, they pray. Only way the Lord can end a prayer is the Lord begin to work in them first. That's the only way. The Lord has called their heart to respond for them and they have sinned against God. And the Lord hears their prayer because the Lord began to work. Again, family has been a saint. It's a privilege that we can pray to the Lord and the Spirit can see for us. Only when our desire is the same as the desire of the Spirit, that's when our God has Y'all can write that down as a quote. Only when our desire is the same as the desires of the Spirit, that's when God answers our prayers. Our desire needs to be the same as the Spirit. And that's when God answers our prayers. A lot of times, God do answer prayers, and sometimes it might be in a sense of judgment. It might be something that we need for the Lord to show us that we're not trusting Him. But the truly prayer that the Lord, that we ask for the Lord, that should be prayers that have the same desires of the Spirit. What's God's will or what does God desire? His desire is holiness and glory. For the spirit heart is for the same as Christ. 
And that's why the spirit prayer is the same as Christ prayer. Listen to this as we finish up here. We're going to wrap things up. Listen to John 17. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer. Listen to how Jesus prays here. When Jesus has spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may be glorified in you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give a, a, a eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth. What did Jesus do on earth? Glorified you on earth, he said. Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What did Jesus do on earth? Everything the Father gave him to do. And now, Father, glorify me on your, in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people. What did Jesus do? He manifested his name before the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were. Who they belong to? They belong to the Lord. And you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. Everything comes from the Father. You keep going on. I'm going to stop there. Read John 17. Jesus prayed for God's glory. So my question for you this morning. What are your prayers based upon? Is it for God's glory? For people to know Jesus? For you to look more like Jesus? And whatever God may give you? Or your prayer have its own agenda? If I say your prayers have its own agenda, and not for God's glory, your prayers are not biblical. No matter how good they may sound, if it's not for God's glory, it's not biblical. But a prayer for God's glory, again, you can pray for a car, a house, you can pray for those things. But all those things should be pointed to God's glory, not for our own selfish glory. And John 17 says that. Couple application here. First one, we should be confident in the Lord when our flesh is weak, knowing that the Spirit is praying for us. God's will. God's will is the perfect desire that brings about the results of God's glory. Number two, we should pray more because God listens to our prayers. A few tips on praying. A few tips. Remember your overall goal in praying is for God to be glorified. So before you start praying, stop. Just think about it for a moment. I'm going to pray. And I want to make sure that any selfishness in this prayer Second thing, don't let self be motivation for your prayers, but let it be for God's glory. Check your heart right there. I say you want, you want a new job, and, and you know that, okay, I want a new job. Part of your flesh, I want a new job because I want more money to be able to buy a nice car, do these things. Be honest with the Lord. Say, that's why I want a car, because of these things. Lord, Lord, you know, Lord expose my heart in this. If, if I want a car, let it be for you. Let it be for you and you alone. And as you do this, as we do everything, let's give it real quick too. As we do it for God's glory, we get the benefit from it. We get to ride clean, right? We get to enjoy something nice, even a job. We get to pay, get paid good money. We get to enjoy good things. As we put God first, we still get to enjoy those things. Another tip here. Find a specific time to pray so you can at least have some moments of less distraction with the Lord. You will have some time, you have to pray, you're driving, you might have your eyes up, you're praying to the Lord. That's fine. Sometimes you're going to pray that way. Sometimes you're going to be working in the yard, you're going to be praying. You're going to be playing sports, doing a game, you might be praying to the Lord to help you through this. But sometimes, have some time you slow down. Less distractions. A time set out. Set a time on your calendar or set a time on your alarm clock. At this time of the day, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, I'm going to give this time to the Lord. I'm going to seek this time. I'm going to seek the Lord in this. I'm not going to feel rushed. I'm going to have this quality time with the Lord. And those that are around you that are friends and family members, you can let them know that this is a good time. I'm going to have time with the Lord. And they are already preparing, okay, let me give them that time. I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to pop up. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm going to let them have that time with 
to find a time to praise the Lord. Another thing, study the way Jesus prayed to the Father. That's the perfect way to pray. You don't have to use the same exact words that Jesus used, but look what the heart of Jesus he prayed for the Lord and Father. Pray through scriptures, because the scriptures are all about God's will. My pray, pray through the scriptures. Read the book of Psalms and pray about what you see learn about God. And the last thing I will say this. Um, as you pray, remember the last time you prayed. And also, share with the Lord how he has answered prayers in the past. Ask yourself this question before you pray. What am I trying to get out of this prayer? What am I trying to get out of this prayer? Ask yourself this question. What am I truly trying to get out of this? And if it's S, Y, and Z and not God's glory, now let me readjust and pull it back. And let me ask God to be for his glory. Then you might can ask for certain things. But let it be, let your heart be right with the Lord before you pray. Another thing, too, is Wednesday night prayer meeting. Come. Come on Wednesday nights. Pray. Come pray with us. I think that, that, that the more we pray together, the better we're going to learn how to pray as the more we pray together. Um, not like the Pharisees trying to pray to sound a certain way, but ever seeing everybody's humility before the Lord together, it increases all of us and I'm better in our prayer life. And besides from the tips I'm praying, let me encourage you here too. If you're going through hard times, remember this. The Spirit is already beating to the Father. The Spirit is already praying for you ways you might not understand. So be encouraged. If you're facing a trial right now, you're in the best place you ever can be right now in this season. Because the Spirit is offering to the Father what you need right now. And the Father's going to give you what you need right now. And what you, the season you're in is the exact season that God has put you in. For God to better mold and shape you to the image of the Son. So be encouraged, believers. And as we, next week, we're going to deal with Romans. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good. Some people have used those verses out of context. But what is that verse getting at? Everything's going to go good. Look who's praying for us. It's going to work out for us. 